NBA University. That's where to go, man. Oh, I see. <laughs> Sorry. Higher education. Higher <laughs> basketball education. Not NBA college, baby. NBA yeah, yeah. University. Wow. Josh, we got to get you a degree. College. We need you to have a degree, Josh Cohen, just in the back. <laughs> Yo, that'd Put be it on sick. the lock. <laughs> I'll get it for next podcast. Yeah, Yo, you know what? We should... Josh, actually, um, for fantasy this year, whoever, like, we should actually buy that belt. And then if you win, you should just put it, like, above your head here. <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> That'd be so gangster. Just the NBA back. logo, Jerry West. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran. And on the line, are you out of the dog pound yet? Doghouse, Josh? Are you still there? Never. You spend your it's holidays in the doghouse? Until, it's not going to happen until the Raptors win another <laughs> championship, which is going to be a long time from now. Uh, man, you're going to die in that doghouse. Probably. The, a residential medical expert, Rajan Walia. How, how do you diagnose that? I mean, what do you call it? Is it just Stockholm It's wishful syndrome? thinking. It? It's just wishful thinking. I think uh, Josh has some delusions, but uh, you know what, Josh? I appreciate that you show up to the pod nice and clean shaven. Strictly business. Hey, got to man. <laughs> I only did this for the podcast. Wow, yo! Remember during COVID when nobody shaved like ever? Oh, I remember. I didn't shave or get a haircut for like six oh. months. I was disgusting. Six yeah. months? Yeah. Jesus. I, I got the full Jufro going. I had a disgusting oh beard. It was so bad because it was too itchy. It was so bad that I could step itchy. outside and smell Josh from like thirty kilometers away. I don't know, man. I mean, I shower. Does your dog pound have a shower in there? Are you living luxurious? This is not castaway. Okay, I'm not on a private. I like an island with my volleyball. There's no volleyball over here. Okay, there's so much of baby. Oh my god! (laughs) Holy! How do you live with all those diapers around you? (laughs) Jesus! I don't come down here much. I mean, besides when I'm stuck in the dog pound, I guess. (laughs) Just a couple of hours a week, huh, Josh? Yeah, basically. Man, that's that's crazy. So we're recording this on Saturday afternoon. It's afternoon of the seventh. Not gonna release on Monday. So you know, I don't think we ever recorded on a Saturday before, which is pretty surprising considering Yo, we've we're been old. at this for a we're couple old. of years. This is what we're doing on our Saturday afternoons. Dude, uh, this is just five <laughs> me time away from the baby. I'm good. I can talk ball all you want on a Saturday if it means I get some alone time here, you know? Um but I digress. We've had a couple of weeks off and, you know, we got to get back to it. And I want to talk about, you know, what we want to see out of the league this year. It's a new year, 2023, all those generic, like, New Year's cliches, all those New Year's resolutions. Raj, give me something good, man. What's your resolution that maybe the league, the teams, uh, specific players, like, some sort of NBA entity has to work on for me it has to be these players that are on rosters where they're just not being utilized they're not being appreciated they haven't played probably a competitive game in three four years and it should be a, a new a new environment for a lot of these players I'm thinking players like John Collins like this was a young and up and coming player who's just faded into the background on the Atlanta Hawks team who Play very guard heavy, obviously Trey being the focal point of the offense, DeJounte Murray um, now playing um, more of the point. Uh, Collins is just irrelevant and um, you hate to see a young player 
have that situation. So I'm hoping for new beginnings for him this year. Uh, maybe he gets traded um, somewhere halfway through the season. Probably not, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta moves on uh, w- with him in the uh, offseason. And the other player, too, is Bradley Beal. Like, I know every year we go year in and year out. Like, does he want to play on a contender? Is he happy in Washington? And obviously he has like 200 some million reasons to be happy in Washington. But I want to see what he's actually about. Is he actually a top 15 player in the NBA? Um, Probably not. But hey, he's he's a prolific scorer who hasn't played a meaningful basketball game since John Wall had a good ACL or a good Achilles, pardon me. Um, And that was what, five, six years ago? Um, so it's just frustrating to see all these talented players, like even Shea this year is showing us what we were missing out on as fans of the game. Like he was shut down for two years, pretty much back to back. And this year he's finally getting a chance to play and he's proven for now, but he's proven that he's one of the better point guards in the league. He's explode. He's carrying an Oklahoma city team. That's just void of talent to what? Almost, uh, like a Close to a 500 record? Exactly. 500. Um, so I, I think there's so many players, and I'll get back to you with other players. I'm sure you guys can name a few players who are just rotting away, like their careers are just disintegrating uh, in front of our eyes. But I'm hoping that these players get a new beginning because it's always fun to see players play well. Okay, time for some speculation then with those two players. Where do you want to see them best go? Fit. Be the best, best fit. Best fit or where do I want to see them go? Because sometimes there's a difference. Like best fit is in winning or? Give me both. Like the best situation they can go into to, uh, I guess, revitalize what they were or, you know, restart their careers <laughs> as you're sort of saying. Um and where they're going to succeed. Like, where is the best spot for them to get? <laughs> the Lakers, of the course. Lakers. Everybody to the Peter's Lakers. Come on Peter's now. been yeah. watching a lot of holiday of ESPN, eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would have to say, like, especially John Collins. Uh, I don't know necessarily what would be the trade per se, but I think having Luca with more stars would be good and a young and up-and-coming player and a guy who can just finish at the rim – um, who's, I would say, a pretty balanced player. Uh, and I, I would love to see him on the Mavs. I think that would be a, a very a good fit for them. Um, and also, obviously, what Phoenix does, um, I don't think they're probably a team that isn't good enough to make it to the finals again. Um, and they're probably maybe looking to maximize their window with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Aiton. And Having Bridges and Collins kind of round out their starting five would be an unreal uh, lineup. But obviously, Bridges and Collins, I don't know how that would work. Yeah, I don't know where John Collins would go where he makes sense, to be honest, because he has four years after this at a crazy number. I think it's at like $125 million. Ooh. Um, but Beal, I think Beal is the guy that should be going to Dallas. Oh, yeah. I think he'd be the perfect fit there. Because you're talking about a guy that, you know, can handle the ball and is perfect as, like, the second guy, as he showed when he was in Washington, even though he wanted to be the first guy when John Wall was there. But I think now, like, if you put him in a role like that, where he's playing off ball, like, he would be absolutely lethal. And he would be, I think he'd be, like, a 50-40-90 guy, or 50-40-85, if he was with Luka 
and getting all these open looks and playing off of him and his life would just be easier. And I think over the course of a regular season where he's not having to put that much pressure on his body, being the main guy, that would prolong his career as well. So I'm not sure how that would ever happen. I mean, it could happen potentially after this year because Dallas will have their picks to trade again once they finally give that pick to New York, most likely this year. So maybe that, you know, maybe they can package together a bunch of their contracts and picks and then maybe Washington finally says we want to be out of the middle. But the likelihood that that happens after 20 plus years of them being in the middle is pretty small. Hell no. Doesn't Bradley Beal have a veto uh, veto clause in his contract though? He does, but you if think you're going br- to play with Luca to potentially win a championship, why not? Please, well, hold on. That Dallas team is not just a Bradley Beal away from a championship run. They, come on, let's get that out of the question. But secondly, he wanted this whole team to himself, though. You know what I mean? Like, he wanted to be the guy. You write it out, Bradley Beal. I'm not, I'm not about it. I don't like this. Leave Bradley <laughs> Beal where his- he is. He, wanted, he made his bed there. He can sleep in it now. No, do not free <laughs> okay, Bradley fine. Beal. G- How about that? Give John Collins. <laughs> yeah. Free John Collins, though. Free John Collins. John Collins deserves better than this. Yeah, he deserves way better than this. I don't know if you guys heard Kevin Herter on uh, the Zach Lowe podcast. But at one I point, did. he was like, yeah, I don't know why everybody, like, all the media hates on John Collins, man. That guy is so nice. He never talks shit about anybody. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. interesting. Kevin Herter has no stake in this team anymore, and he's still backing John Collins. Well, I think like John Collins could have been like the typical star that he was projected to be, and say like, "I want out. Like, I can't be on a team with Trey when he's pretty much his usage was through the roof, especially in the first two years." Um, but he took a back seat. He worked on his game. Obviously, uh, the Hawks weren't that good for a few years, and. Um, he played team basketball last year uh, or two years ago when they uh, made a bit of a playoff run as well. Um, and I, I think just in the last two years alone, he's shown a lot that he wants to become a winning player. And I think that John Collins could have a bigger impact that than Aaron Gordon did on the Nuggets. Like Aaron Gordon was a player that um, probably was just rotting away, not probably, was rotting away in Orlando you put him in the right situation in Denver, and he's he's become a very good player. Like, uh, I wouldn't say a top 20 player, but he's just a very good player. He does his job, and he's playing winning basketball. And I think John Collins can be that player for another team. And it's it's just it's frustrating to see. Um, obviously, he also had his PED um, suspension, but let's just ignore that. Um yeah, yeah, yeah that, I totally that's forgot about me flashbacks that. to my nightmare fantasy. It's, I've been jinxed ever since since I was born, pretty much probably. But but yeah, I, I think John Collins, like I, I just want him off the Hawks. I think the Hawks in itself are a team, what, they're ninth or tenth in the league right now. Um they're not great. And they have all this infighting. Like it's like uh I don't even know. It's like the real housewives of Atlanta. Atlanta Hawks edition. Yeah, of all the teams that could make the playoffs right now, they're probably like the second worst to watch right now, behind the Raptors, just in terms of their play style. Um, and Wait, I'm you still think the John, Raptors can make the playoffs? Anything's possible. Josh is trying to leave the dock. I now. mean, they're they're twelfth. 
At this point, I would rather them go into the tank, obviously. But they are 12th. They're like one game behind 10th, I think, or two games behind 10th right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the John Collins, Aaron Gordon comparison, I think that's pretty pretty good comparison uh, based on what we saw with Aaron Gordon in you know Orlando versus John Collins in Atlanta. I think if you compared those two, you would say John Collins is a better player, right? And then Aaron Gordon went to a situation where he's just in like the absolute perfect scenario for him where his talents can be maximized probably to the level of like, if you compare him on this team to any other situation he would have gone into, like him averaging 57% field goal shooting from the field. And I think around 37% from three because Jokic is just giving him all these looks. It's like the perfect situation for him. He doesn't really have to do too much on offense. He just catches and finishes and then he can focus on defense. So I think John Collins, I think the one situation like going through the standings right now, that sort of makes sense for me. It's him going to Indiana because that's the one team that doesn't have a power forward. And they made a similar trade like this in the past with David West, right? And they're a team that wants to remain competitive. So I think that that sort of makes a lot of sense. And I think he would fit pretty hmm. well next to Miles Turner as well. And, you know, you could trade Buddy Heal, which would make a lot of sense for Atlanta getting another shooter back if they decided to go that route. <laughs> they've hurt away for nothing. And uh, their contracts are somewhat similar. And I think that would make a lot of sense. It's hard to find another team, honestly. Like, unless you go through, like, Miami, Chicago, um, there's not much out there, honestly, for John Collins, for a guy that's making $125 million in the next four years for a position where a lot of teams don't want to spend a lot of money unless you're getting a star-star player, which he's not. Ouch. I mean, can I, hold on, can I just read you John Collins' numbers in the past, or like this year compared to the last year? So last year he averaged 16 points. This year he's down to 13. Uh, his field goal percentage has taken a major drop. Last year was 52.5. This year it's 49.5. Three-point percentage gone from 36%, 22.5. Effective field goal from 57.6 to 53.1. My God, his shooting has just gotten <laughs> way, way, way worse. Whew. I think that's a product of their system, though, because they basically run the exact same play every single play, and they have no movement off the ball, which makes him a catch-and-shoot player pretty much the entirety of the time that Clint Capella's in the lineup, because he's the one rolling most of the time. And he's... It's just not a good way to use him. I think it's the same thing as, like, Herder, right? Herder was basically like a spot-up guy in Atlanta, and every once in a while, they let him handle the ball and come off picks. And now he's like in his preferred role where he's, you know, going off movement. He's more involved in the offense. He's more of a threat. So I think John Collins is a really good offensive player. And you put him in the right situation, I think he could really thrive. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Players don't prosper when playing with Trey Young. Who knew? Who knew? Indeed. Man, it's a shame, John Collins. I would love to see John Collins moved. Good, good job, Raj. Let's get him to Toronto. How's that? <laughs> no. Yeah, add to this whole 6-9 and up theory, you know? He might be the best shooter, honestly, <laughs> if he was on the team. <laughs> At 22.5%. It's better than most of these guys. Yeah, what happened to OG? I, I heard all summer that OG was going to come <laughs> back and be this, like, extraordinary player. He's going to be, like, one of the best 3 and D also- players in the league. Yeah, let's someone check Josh's blood pressure. No, he's one of the best defenders. He's blood's boiling right now, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, can we do a (laughs) weekly Raptors update here, Josh? Get your vitals on the board. (sighs) 
I've sort of, I've sort of accepted. Did you see the Milwaukee game at the end? I still don't understand how that happened. And it almost happened the next game too. Well, it's it's because, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want to say it's because Grayson Allen is still one of the dirtiest players in the league and literally just sack tapped Gary Trent Jr. during <laughs> like a three, which he hit, which is incredible. But like, yo, who, uh, firstly, who sack tapped somebody like mid shot? Grayson Allen That's does, wild. apparently. <laughs> Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, that, that whole game made... Well, not the whole game, but that last, like, two minutes made no sense in my mind. I don't really know how the Bucks like, fell so hard, but, man, it was... It was just strange. It was weird to watch knowing what happened. Like, I saw the score at the end of the game, and mid-game, I turned it off. I just went to another game because I was like, Milwaukee's destroying them. Toronto couldn't score. Like, the first six minutes of the game, I don't think Toronto scored. I they think did. they had zero points. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, and then once Brooke Lopez came off the court, then they started scoring. Um, but yeah, like that game was ridiculous. But yeah, in terms of the Raptors, um, I've just accepted now. Like they should just completely go in the tank, and I hope that they end up getting Scoot Henderson because we need a dynamic guard to jumpstart this offense. Because the offense, especially in the half court, like we're the worst jump shooting team in the NBA by far, and our half court <laughs> offense is also the worst in the NBA. And you look at the other team's rosters, it's like, they, they, like we have talent on the roster. It just doesn't fit because you have too many <laughs> like-sized players who don't have enough differentiating talent. Like the 6-9 and up thing could work if you have guys who have different types of talents, but you have guys who do the exact same thing. Oh my God. So it just Josh is just contradicting himself back and forth. Like, it doesn't make sense that they have all these players, but it could work. But it, it does make sense. And you know what, Josh? I, I think we'll have to replay one of our podcasts back from uh, September to see how uh, how you're going to eat your words. And Yeah, yeah. He's, no, he's getting full them. buffet. <laughs> yeah, it already happened. Full buffet. <laughs> there's, no, there's no denying it anymore. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. full right now, to be honest. So. Oh, my God, man. Oh, these Raptors. I, I won't lie. It's like kind of entertaining to, to follow along as a non-fan. As a non, <laughs> Not to like, watch. Like, I watch like spurts of games. The key is to watch them if they're playing like a good opponent. I'm not going to watch them playing the Knicks. Are you crazy? But I'll watch them playing the Bucks. Did also you, watch oh, No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. The first six minutes of that game was <laughs> yeah, like that was bad. torture. Yeah, that was awful. But like the second and third quarter were pretty entertaining. I couldn't even watch. Oh, was Josh was getting emotional. It was decent. <laughs> and then the end, obviously. Obviously, we all know what happened at the end. The end was like, I didn't know Toronto had it in them. That's why you play your starters <laughs> 40 minutes a game, because you never know when they could come we back. You can only play them 40 games a year. <laughs> because they're always injured. 40 minutes a game, 40 games a year. Yeah. Man. Yo, do you think that... Okay, this might be a little hot takey. Do you think that Dwayne Casey was better for uh, like young player development in Toronto no. than Nick Nurses. Think of the guys who came up during Dwayne Casey's run. You had like especially yeah, during he, the 905 championship JB. year, right? Pascal, Fred. Yeah, whatever. He's one know. player. I... But think of the guys who came up from 905 as compared to the zero development that Nurses had in the past couple of years. I just think just that it was drafting, scouting, and I think ultimately Nick Nurse's big flaw is he just plays his guys a bit too much. 
Like that's the big knock on him. It's it's a bit of Tom Thibodeau. I don't know if they're somehow related, like fourth cousin, twice removed, but um they just they, you need to play some of your younger players because you might have a season like this and if you're going to gain something from this younger season is to know what your bench is made out of and to give them an opportunity to play meaningful basketball throwing them on for four or five minutes at the end of a game where you're down by 12 14 it, it's it's not meaningful basketball it's not running a, a, a good offense all these players are just going there to try to get some stats to hopefully get another contract. They know that they're not playing in a system. So, you know what? I think maybe this year, the second half of the season, unlike Tampa, I think this is the year where Nick Nurse is really going to have to show that he's able to develop some younger guys and not play Siakam OG uh, 45 minutes a game. I think it's 70% what they did with the roster construction and then 30% coaching right now. Because with the roster construction, like you bring in a guy like Otto Porter, I think that was strictly like a playoff move and hoping that they would actually make the playoffs, obviously. Because if you look over the course of his last couple of years, he barely plays any regular season games besides, I mean, Golden State, he played maybe 50 or 60. But before that, he was playing like between zero and 30, 40. So you factor that in, then you have a bunch of like super athletic guys who are I mean, OG's been prone to injury for the last couple of years, obviously. Pascal's had his issues. Yeah, but these Fred issues are because Nick Nurse year. overplays them. Sure, but again, like you look at our bench, we have the worst bench in the NBA. Be- I mean, because they it's don't not play. just because they don't of play. Lack of like they're statistically, they can't. Would Malachi Flynn be playing on a good team? No, but Josh, you got to give your young guys run, though. Like either. Either let them run more during like dead dead time in the second quarter, or send them to the G League and let them develop. Right, but they're just sitting at the end of the bench. Like Delano Benton's the only player who's going back and forth between the nine oh five and the Raptors. Malachi was drafted and had high hopes like two two years ago, and he literally just rots away. Like he plays two or three minutes in a game, and then yeah, and, he gets and- pulled instantly. He's also been really bad when he plays, though. So the one thing that I sort of agree on is that they should have picked one or two guys and just been like, these are your minutes. This is what you're getting every game because they are inconsistent with who plays and when. So Malachi plays, you know, two, three games at a time, and then Nick Nurse doesn't like him anymore, and then he brings Banton in, and then he doesn't like him, and then he brings in Doughton. So, yes, they should have just picked one guy and just been like, these are your minutes. So you know going into the game, you're going to play 15 minutes a game. And guys are more comfortable. That I totally agree with that. It's yeah, just, like I think it's combination. Really like good. they obviously don't have the top bench in the league. Like in terms of talent. Yeah, but they're the worst, they're the worst. statistically because they don't play. Like they can't put up stats. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, Josh, you gotta I develop your guys, Josh. You can't just be like, yeah. yo, you gotta be really good. At, I was like a twenty-something. Also, pick. at the Come same on, time, man. like if your if your bench is probably what the Raptors play their starters probably. The top five in the league, if not top three. Oh, they're, yeah, and they're so top. obviously their bench guys are gonna have less minutes yeah. to put up less points to get less assists to, and obviously when they do play, they're playing meaningless basketball because clearly Nick Nurse doesn't trust them until like thirty seconds left in the game because there's always hope, I guess. Um, and like, like I'm I'm not blaming Nick Nurse. I'm not saying that the Raptors are like a disappointment this year. I think overall their talent can be improved, but. Without this being a Raptors podcast, I think they just got to 
have a certain style they want to play. And like Josh mentioned, trust some of the young guys, develop them. And after half a season, if they're not showing you, you can move on comfortably. You can be like, they got their chance. This is what we wanted. They couldn't perform. We got to move on from them. Move on to what? They got nothing left. <laughs> Your exactly. Free New Year's resolution. <laughs> God. Yo, that guy in the Indiana game was so bad, man. Like, he let TJ McConnell blow by him like four straight possessions, and he still got to play in the second <laughs> half for some reason. And I'm watching this like, why would you get this guy another chance when TJ McConnell is lighting him oh. up? Of all people. Yeah, Not McConnell. even like McConnell. Halliburton. McConnell. Yeah, one of the TJ best McConnell mid-range percentages last Savvy. couple of years, I remember. Uh. He's blowing by him with the <laughs> mid-range stuff. He's blowing by him. I can guard McConnell. Yo, they need TJ McConnell on this team. They need John yeah, Collins. Yeah. I already said that. I'm, I'm done with my New Year's resolution. Shooting, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Josh, do you want to take this one or do you want me to start? You can go ahead. All right. I, I think we have to just just hope, just pray, hope and pray, Josh, that the Brooklyn Nets just keep playing basketball. That's it. That's all I want. It's a very simple request, very simple resolution. No more tweets of uh, questionable content, media content. No more coaches getting fired. No more star players asking for the front office to be removed. Just play ball. Simple. And you know what? It kind of has happened. Ever since Kyrie came back from his uh, hiatus from the team, the Nets have been playing ball and I wanted to ride out into this new year. They've been, they're 17 and 3 in their last 20. They had that 11 game winning streak, as we all know about, throughout December. This team is just flowing under Jacques Vaughn right now. They're buying in. It looks like the defense is actually moving. Kevin Durant is playing at an MVP caliber again. Like, it's to no one's surprise. Kevin Durant, really good player. But he's playing defense against literally anyone who's in front of him. For that game, like, there was a game against Dallas, uh, towards the end of October or mid-November, where he just D'd up Luka all half. Like, all the second half. They ended up losing by two, whoop to do whatever, you lose to the Mavericks. But KD said, yo, I got this, and took Luka on. Like, that's a thing. That's something that role players ride behind. You know what I mean? You get Ben Simmons, still not shooting free throws, whatever. But he's actually aggressive. He's actually running the floor. He's actually making decisions. Kyrie is... Well, we all know how good Kyrie is whenever he plays. It's just, you know, whether he plays or not. And that's this team without having Seth Curry and Joe Harris shooting well so far. You know what I mean? Like, their two best shooters are, like, mediocre at best right now. And I haven't even talked about Nick Claxton, who's anchoring this all this defense. Man, if this team just plays basketball and removes all the extracurriculars... This is like easily a 50-win team in the season, and it's so fun to watch. So what do you want from this Brooklyn Nets team? Just keep playing basketball? Play ball, man. Don't get distracted. Don't, don't be tweeting out weird stuff. Kyrie, just remember that you gotta, you're in a contract year. This is exactly what I've been saying since the beginning of the season. You're in a contract year, man. You tried to move out this past summer, and no other teams wanted you. There's a reason for it. Just play on. you got to reconvince everybody that you're the man. Just play. So, so the real qu- the real question about this Brooklyn Nets team is who has Kyrie's phone? 
because it's <laughs> it's just a matter of time before he gets his hands on it like a kid in the cookie jar and this guy's just gonna binge and he's gonna say something stupid and honestly it's probably better if he does it sooner rather than later because the longer this goes on the more likely it's gonna happen when it actually matters to them in the playoffs uh, but hey I'm, I'm about it in terms of what they've been doing really since end of november start of december they've been on a tear uh playing good basketball um really you haven't heard much from this team outside of off the court i meant on the court obviously uh like you mentioned they kd's been playing just really good efficient basketball they are a bit small in terms of just like size and and i i i don't want to question their depth but I think maybe having an extra wing player could do them some good. Um, just because really behind Royce O'Neal, um, you don't really have another, I guess, TJ Warren. That's the other wing player they have. Um, Utah. Yeah. But uh, I-, I think, honestly, the-, the Nets should be probably a top three seed in the East. It's just like, is it going to last? Like, is that a- like a genuine question? Is Kyrie actually just going to just stay quiet? Can Kevin Durant stay off of Twitter? Um, Kevin Durant does not need to stay off of Twitter, okay? Kevin Durant is immune to all these things when he's on the court. Let's just, you know, let's just put that out there. He doesn't care. Nobody yeah, cares he, about what Kevin Durant does but, off the court anymore. But but the problem is, no, okay, I take that back. I think, not even take that back. I want to go back to that statement. I think people make Kevin Durant care about what's happening. Like, he probably doesn't care. He probably can manage it. But then all this attention goes to off the court stuff, and he has to respond to these stupid questions from reporters, this pressure from the media, from ESPN and TNT, and and then they just go down this stupid rabbit hole of not basketball. Like on paper, they're such a good team, and it, it, if you built this team on two K and you ran a simulation, they would win the championship at least fifty percent of the time. That's how good they are. Uh, I don't know about 50% of the time. Well, you have to turn on injuries. The Lakers would be out. Um, and you, somehow I still don't understand how Denver is. They're an f- amazing team. But, like, they're just playing at the elite level right now. And I don't know how they do it. Like, I think they're going to have to go into some deep stats to figure out what's going on there. But they would probably win, like, at least 40% of the time. Because, hey, like, in the East, I think they're better than the Bucks on paper. So I'm going to bring some stats to this conversation because that's what I do. The uh, Brooklyn Nets are the most efficient shooting team in the NBA by far. They're at 1.16 points per jumper. Um, And in terms of the second best team, it is the Philadelphia 76ers at 1.1. The Raptors are (laughs) 0.91 worse in the NBA. (laughs) But this Brooklyn team reminds me a lot of Phoenix, their first year where they had Paul. Where, I mean, it's a different situation in terms of, like, the off-the-court stuff. In terms of the on-the-court stuff, Brooklyn's basically breaking the math that goes into why teams shoot more threes than mid-range jumpers, right? But Brooklyn's shooting an insane amount of mid-range shots, and despite all that, just like Phoenix two years ago, they're by far the most efficient offense in the NBA in terms of jump shooting because they have two guys that just don't miss those shots, right? So... In terms of their shot quality, um, Kevin Durant is just off the charts right now. I think he's at 56% on his jump shooting. 
And an average shooter on the same types of shots that Kevin Durant is taking would be at 41% in terms of effective field goal percentage. And KD's is at, sorry, 58.4%, which is insane. Jesus. And then in terms of uh, the second spectrum shot quality model, they estimate the average NBA shooters are producing an effective field goal percentage, which, you know, takes into effect free throws, um, two-point shooting, three-point shooting, at 47.5 on the type of uh, jumpers that Brooklyn shoots, and that mark would rank 28th. But Brooklyn is shooting 56.9 on those shots, which is by far the best in the NBA. So they're hitting insane shots, just like Phoenix did two years ago, at an absolutely insane clip because they have the maybe the two best shot makers overall in the NBA. And the difference is, KD will not be injured in the playoffs because he's not Chris Paul. Yeah, and he's not a a bitch. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa! I don't know about that. <laughs> whoa, whoa! That was well, unexpected. I, yeah, I. I like again, the stats show that they're shooting a lot of mid-range jumpers, but like on the court, if this team just focuses on basketball and plays, I I, I don't want to say at this exact level because I think this is like the I don't want to say the peak, but like getting to the ab- above average. If they play close to this level, maybe slightly below, is there a team in the East that you're like for sure? There's another team that's for sure better than them, Boston. I wouldn't say for sure, but they're in the same tier. Yeah, I, I get, yeah. that's what I'm saying. They're together. Disagree. Boston's in a different tier. Not yet. I think Boston can be, but like Boston's playing unreal basketball. I still think defensively they're giving up too many points, though, and they haven't really... Robert Williams isn't... The same thing happened last year, though. Like, mid-season, they were, you know, scuffling with each other. They weren't passing each other the ball. Their defense was eh. And they were around 500, and then the rest of the year, they just blew through everybody. And this year is a little bit different because they started well. But now that they have Robert Williams back, I think over the course of the season, you're going to see their defensive rating go way up. They just have to make that happen. But I, I, I think, like, um, I, I do think Boston is probably the other team, Milwaukee being a close second. Um, and that's obviously with a healthy Chris Middleton, and we have to see that in action this year. But... You know, I I think it's good for basketball. I think it's good for the Eastern Conference. I think it's good for us fans um, that Brooklyn's playing good basketball. So I'm all for it. I love this uh, resolution. I just I just want to know who has Kyrie's phone. It's probably KD. He probably made some burners <laughs> for Kyrie. Yeah, like, exactly. That would He's make like, the most sense. Probably. I'm, I'm here it's for it. Locked in a way in a vault somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Both of also, their phones. Uh, also, Jacques Vaughn's beard. Quality, just top-notch beard. Letting the grays straggle in, it doesn't doesn't even care. It's combed well, man. I like it. Get them deep in the playoffs, just so we can get more beard action. How would you rate Raj's beard versus Jacques Bond's beard? Yeah, I need some just for men uh, salt and pepper look right now. If I'm gonna get even <laughs> close, and, and sh- yeah, <laughs> does Raj even have a beard compared to Jacques Vaughn? No, Jacques Vaughn. I have a scruff. Yo, Jacques Raj's face looks like yours compared to Jacques Vaughn, man. Oh man, it's true. <laughs> Come on now, it's true. As as someone without a beard, I can confidently say Jacques Vaughn's beard is far supreme. Yes, absolutely. Mine's just a scruff. I'm not trying to compete with the Nets. <laughs> All right. 
All right, Josh, give me give me a nice resolution to come up on this year. Uh, my resolution is for the Denver Nuggets. I, I just want to see them get a good quality backup center that will ensure that we never see DeAndre Jordan on the court again. And that would be we'll nice. Also in- yeah, and we'll also ensure they don't bleed points, especially in the playoffs when Nikola Jokic is off the court. So for me, my resolution for them is to get a player like Kelly Olynyk. I think a player like him would be perfect for their second unit. A guy that plays a similar type style, like you can put him in the in the uh, on the elbow and just run offense through him for 10, 20 minutes a game. And you're not going to get the same production, obviously, as Jokic, but it's similar, you know? Like when Jokic goes out of the game, you know you can still run your offense through this guy. You can shoot threes at a very high clip, very good passer, just knows how to play basketball. And right now, obviously, Coach Malone doesn't trust Zeke Nagy, even though whenever he's on the court, it seems like he produces pretty well. DeAndre Jordan sucks. And every time Jokic is off the court, like he's probably the one guy in the league um, who's a superstar anyway. When he's off the court, their team is just absolute trash. Luca, Luca, Steph. Yeah, yeah. Nah, Steph is also pretty awful. I mean, they're six and four without him, though, right? So they're doing something right right now. True. Um, but over the course of the last couple of years, especially like when Luca was off the court last year, they're actually decent. This year, they're not so much. Well, obviously, obviously. they don't have Brunson, but yeah. Yes, yes. So I want to see them get a reliable backup, even if it's not a center, just somebody who can fill in. They have to play a small ball lineup, great. Somebody who plays well with Gordon or Porter, whatever they have to do, just find that piece because this is the year they have to go for it because you have Bruce Brown on a team-friendly contract and he's been a massive piece for them. Mm-hmm. And he's going to opt out this offseason. And if they don't want to go in the tax, they're not going to pay him. They're going to lose him. So this is their year. This is Nikola Jokic's um, Dirk Nowitzki circa 2012 11. or 11, whenever he won the championship year. This is the time that they have to go for it. I personally, for my resolution, I would love to see DeAndre Jordan try to play like Nikola Jokic for like one game, just for the comedy. Like we would have all the Shaq and the Fool we wanted for... He's already bad enough doing what he's trying to do right now. <laughs> I know. To be DeAndre Jordan. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, DeAndre Jordan might as well just be replaced by a couple of folding chairs out there, man. They oh probably play better defense and not hack as much as he does because that guy literally doesn't do anything. He oh, literally just know. eats up space. He like grabs rebounds. Literally, when they fall into his hands, he'll gra- he'll grab them. <laughs> but like he he has zero lateral mobility. He has zero ups anymore. Oh man, I remember when DeAndre Jordan used to kill people on the court, but this ain't it. This yeah, is this a, is this ain't yeah, it, but. But on a serious note, I think, yeah, I think this probably is the Nuggets' big window um, to really make the championship run, especially in the West where I think a few teams are reeling, there's injury concerns, there's just some lack of continuity of play or, like, teamwork. And uh, I think the Nuggets are quite the opposite. They have a lot of continuity. They're playing good basketball. They have an unselfish superstar, which you don't really hear those words often. Um, they picked up great role pieces. They got rid of Will Barton, like uh, that. Like they're uh, no shade to Will Barton, but massive upgrade for the uh, the Nuggets this year uh, with KCP. Um, I think overall this is their year. I would love, love, love to see a Jokic Luka Western Conference matchup. I think that'd be just entertaining basketball because um, both these stars make it so much better for their teammates, and they play a style of basketball that. 
you don't see very often. Um, like unselfish superstars. Obviously, Luca's a bit more higher usage, but who can blame him when you have his co-stars? Um, so yeah, I think uh, it'd be nice to see the uh, the Nuggets have a backup center who's capable of playing. I think Kelly Olynyk is available. I think he plays similar, and he could fit. Just move one state over. Yeah, I mean, the Nuggets don't have a lot to trade right now, though. I think a lot of their draft picks are tied up, if I'm not mistaken. And they don't have a lot of contracts to trade where it wouldn't hurt their current roster, right? Like, you can't trade a guy like Bruce Brown. You can't trade a guy like, you know, Gordon, obviously. Even Porter, like, if they traded him, they're not going to get the same type of value back. And it's going to ruin their team chemistry, I think. So I think the center position is the one to go for. And obviously, there's a lot of guys out there. And I think they have a trade exception from a trade that they made um, either a season or two ago. I think it's around $9 million. So besides Olenek, I think the other targets... I mean, honestly, like they should look at it like Toronto looked at it at the trade deadline in 2019. I think even a guy like Jakob Pertl, like you, you know you're probably going to lose him in the offseason. But just, just go fucking for go for it. Pertl's $9 million a year. You can probably trade like a first-round pick as long as you can trade a first-round pick based on the rules. And you just... You know, if he's playing 15 minutes a game, it's something that's beneath him, obviously. But if he's contributing to a championship team, then I'm sure he'd be fine with it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Daniel Gafford because I just really like Daniel Gafford. but He's not reliable on defense, though. So. Yeah, I think Pirtle is too good. That's the issue. Yeah, I think, can't I have think someone Pirtle's... that good. And I think They Pirtle... have to trade him this, this season, though, right? Like, he's yeah. expiring. Yeah, Dude. but I think the value that they're going to get is going to be a bit better. And probably From a team who? that's... I don't know. Someone will sign a him. Center. A lot of teams. I think it's between the Clippers and them, right? Like, the Clippers want a backup center as don't well. Don't the Charlotte Hornets need a center for, like, 10 years? Okay, they're in the tank. Come on. Nah, yeah, nah. They, they, got, yo, they got Mason Plumley. all right? Check his <laughs> oh stats. Mason Plumley dominated the Milwaukee Peter, Bucks yesterday, Peter, all right? We're, we're not trying to defend your fantasy team. Check here. the numbers. <laughs> Bring Maybe Mason Plumley back, back to Denver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, Bring Mason. He'd be we way get to better. see left-handed jump shots and free throws in the playoffs. Yo, that was actually the original reason they had Mason Plumley and Jokic together. They thought Plumley could do like a, a very dumbed-down version of what Jokic does, <laughs> which he did for a couple of years. But you know, time runs its course. Three-way trade to, to incoming. <laughs> That would be hilarious. Yo, uh, aren't the Lakers working out DeMarcus Cousins? Maybe DeMarcus Cousins wants to come back oh. to Denver. No. He actually played pretty well for them, and to be honest. I'm not really sure why they let him go. <laughs> I mean, he'd be better than DJ out there. Anybody would. If he can shoot. Raj would. He'd bang in that paint. Uh, yeah, I don't know. DeAndre's a big body. DeAndre's a big body. <laughs> That's it. That's all he is right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's a corpse. Oh, man. All right, Denver. Let's let's get to work, front office. Calvin Booth, let's go. All right, Josh, give me some stats corner. In, uh, in terms of teams that take the most long two-point shots per game, this is between 17 feet and the three-point line. Can you name these teams? We'll go uh, top five, and we'll go back and forth between you two. We'll start with Raj. We'll each give you three guesses, and then I'll give you some hints. Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn's number five, actually, now at uh, 6.1 attempts per game, and they're shooting 51% on them. So, so we're looking for teams that shoot a Take high... Take the per- most long twos per game between 17 feet and the three-point line. 
and not make them. Just take them. Just take them. Okay. Uh, the Chicago Bulls. Number one by far, 10.3 attempts per game, 46% from the field. DeMar stay DeMar. <laughs> Indeed. The Phoenix Suns. Phoenix is number 10, and they're shooting 39% this year, which is part of the reason why they are no. going in the tank right now. Seems kind of high, 39%. <laughs> yeah, based on the last few games, for sure. Man. Uh, give me the Sixers. Joel Embiid shoots a lot. Uh, not in the top 10. Damn. Ooh, damn. Long twos, eh? How about the Washington Wizards? Nope, not in the top 10. Yo, One Ra- of these teams should be very obvious. Raj has like a crazy obsession with the Wizards. Have you noticed that? Every time we yeah. talk about like obscure teams, random players that need to get moved, somehow the Yo, Wizards... Yo, Rui needs a new beginning. Let's go. Let's go back to the, that segment. Free Rui. Rui to, yeah, the, free Rui. Rui to the Nuggets. Rui to the Raps. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're the Asian Paulie community. The can't shoot. The Toronto Asian community would love Rui Hachimura. I'm just saying. It's oh, true. my God. Yeah. It's true. Uh, the New York Knicks. Uh, not in the top 10, no. Oh. The Boston Celtics. Also not in the top 10. No, wow. they all threes. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> so... One of these teams made a uh, major trade in the offseason for a Western Conference guard who is now in the East. And they're a guard-centric team, which we sort of talked about today. Utah? Nope. No, Eastern Conference team, no. Oh, Cleveland? Oh, Cleveland. The Cavs. Whoa. Who made a trade for the... The Hawks? Correct. Number two at 7.6 attempts. Yeah, well, that's why they suck. Yo, who the hell is shooting mid-range jumpers on the Hawks? DeJounte. And I guess oh. Trey Young, too. Ah. Ah. Split those two up, man. Break up that Hawks team. Jesus. <laughs> See, the worst thing is, like, if you switched around the trades and you put DeJounte in Minnesota and Rudy Gobert on Atlanta, both those teams would be much better than they are right now. I said at the start, I'm like, DeJounte Murray on Minnesota would have been absolutely amazing. You but also said up. Minnesota would be a top seed in the West. Yeah, I thought they'd be a good Western Conference uh, <laughs> team anyway, but uh, that didn't work out so well. I, I was with so you, far. man. Uh, I'm bringing the receipts. <laughs> I bought into that hard. I said the Pelicans would be top three, though, so I was right, right on that you one. Did. You did. You did. The clock that. is right twice a, a broken clock's right twice a day, too, Josh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next, next hints. Uh, we got a team with uh, broken superstars who oh, always out games. Yep. Number yeah. three or tied for number two, actually, with Atlanta. They shoot 45% from long two range. And then you have the worst offense in the NBA. The Raptors. Yes. 6.2. <laughs> guess, their, guess their percentage on long twos. I don't know, like 26. 12? 26. Yeah, a little bit higher. 29. 31. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So pathetic. Oh, that's brutal, man. My 12, All right. my 12 is close. And lastly, I will get you guys to guess the most efficient pick-and-roll duos in the NBA as of a couple days ago. So you got to name both players, both the ball handler and the roller. The most efficient pick-and-roll duos. Maybe we'll go top 10 to see how many you get. We'll each give you three guesses. Okay. Go, Peter. I started last. Oh. Oh. I'm going to reverse this on you, Josh. 
Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Oh, no, damn, damn. That would have been fun. Wouldn't it? That would have been pretty cool if they were top ten. They got chemistry. Yeah, I'd expect yeah. them to. Um, <laughs> pick and roll, eh? I would say. Tatum and Horford? Nope. I'll probably um, run a lot of pick and rolls there, but Westbrook and AD. Nope. Oh my god. LeBron and AD? Nope. Really? Wow, that's shocking. What happened to the pick and roll. and roll centers, Josh? Did they die off too? They're dead. They're they're or extinct. We just, or we're just not dumb. really. Based on this <laughs> list, there's uh there's a lot of centers on here. Trying to get too cheap. This is here. not that hard. You don't have to think that hard about this. Who yeah. runs the most pick and rolls in the NBA? <laughs> You're right. Come on, man. <laughs> Can I jump in, please? Go for oh it. Oh my god, Luca and Christian Wood. There you go. Number one. <laughs> Yo, Raj doing like the, the beard scratching is too much, man. <laughs> Killing me here. <laughs> Maybe fucking self-conscious about my beard here. I'm gonna be <laughs> putting in some beard oil after the pot. <laughs> Like, is it still there? Is something still there? You need some Rogaine, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Patchy the top five beard. duos are from two teams. Oh. oh, my God. Oh. Another one from Dallas? Another two from Dallas. Oh. oh wow. <laughs> Luca right. and who, Raj? Who's the other big? The guy who's been there Powell. forever. <laughs> there you go. They're number three. Well, they have one more from Dallas not involving Luca. Spencer and Wood. Correct. Yeah, They're number yeah. two. All right. What about Sabonis a... and Fox? No. Oh. oh. That's shocking. But they run reverse uh reverse Picking like DHOs a lot too, man. Sabonis handles the rock a lot. Yeah, most of their yeah. stuff is handoffs. It's not picking yeah. roll. Also Sacramento, what a good team. Wow. Who could have yeah, who could have seen that? Still coming? not believing. Beam team for life. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. Back to it. PNRs. Eastern Conference team that made a major trade in the off season. Oh, the uh, the Cav. Oh, sorry. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen. Okay, that's one. Donovan Mitchell and Mobley. There you go. You got the top five now. Nice. Good job, Rush. Number six is from a contending team, and these two players have been together forever in the Western Conference. They've won some championships together. Steph and Dre. Yeah. Oh. You're on the right track, but no. Right oh. team, though. Clay and Dre? No. <laughs> Clay passing. <laughs> What a, how absurd. Looney and Steph? There you go. Curry and Looney at number six. Put some respect on Kevon Looney's name. Game winner, Kevon Looney. So I'm just going to give you the teams now and see if you can get the players. Miami. Hero and Butler. Bam. There you go. Raj is going to get that wrong. <laughs> I didn't I say Butler anything. in there. Butler hasn't played enough. It's Tyler's team you- now. <laughs> You have two from Raj's favorite team, the Washington Wizards. <laughs> Ew. Oh, God. Is this, uh... 
Beer than Porzingis? Number 10. Oh. Is it also including Beal? Or is this one of the other guards? Nope. Monte? Okay. And? And Porzingis. There you go. Number 8. And number 9 is the New York Knicks. Oh, wow. Brunson Randall? Yeah. There you go. Wow. Brunson Randall run pick and rolls? Efficient. Efficient pick and rolls, too. Indeed. Apparently. Jalen Brunson. Wow. What an acquisition. Who would have thought that a steady point guard is all the New York Knicks needed to get back to sixth place in the East? Yeah, after the last 20 years not having one. (laughs) Yeah, they had Jeremy Lin. I guess they also had had Jason Kidd for a year, too. Yeah, they had washed up Mike Bibby. They still have Derrick Rose. (laughs) Potential all-star starter, Derrick Rose. Yo, man. These fans are something all right. I know. Whew. How do you guys feel about the all-star voting so far? Decent? Pretty pretty what I don't pretty care. much what you expected? I don't care. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry for offending you, Raj. My apologies. Jesus. Alright, quickly, who should make it between Tatum and Embiid? Mm. Cause you know like Katie and Giannis are gonna make it, right? So the last yeah. spot is between those two. Oh. It's gonna be Embiid. But who should? Probably Tatum. I'd I'm gonna go Tatum. with yeah. I'm gonna go with standings. Yeah, but that's a fun one. Either way, still good. All right. On that note, I'm gonna call it here. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, all your major podcast platforms. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace. <laughs>